Oh, we both, we both went for the hello there. Hello. Kia ora. Talofa. Welcome to The Even Worse Idea of All Time, Season 2. My name is Jamie. Uh, my name is Oliver. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. I feel, like, I feel like usually I'm, I usually, you know, I'm, I'm labelled Daddy Admin and, and uh, you, you come in and I'm a turf here. I often let you take it and there's none of that symbiotic relationship that we have in the same room. Hey, look, I'll, let, I'll let you take the, the very start. Okay. Um, that, that sounds good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to branch out here. Uh, so this is a podcast where we watch and review the same film every week, once a week for a year, uh, as others have done before. We are watching the film The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part 2, 52 times. Uh, now, to, to fill you in, if you're somehow unaware of the global situation, I, I imagine you're not, uh, or if you're listening to this far in the future and you're wondering... Why the hell are Jamie and Oliver not together right now? Why are they talking over video chat? It's a trial separation. <laughs> That's right. I am uh, hoping for a divorce. Fingers crossed. Uh, no, we're in we're in lockdown in New Zealand. Uh, Self isolation is mandatory, so Oliver and I cannot cannot be in the same room to watch or to record the podcast. Supposedly for four weeks. Probably be longer than that. Hopefully not, but we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, this is week two of our isolation watches, and uh, this time we did not watch the film. So last week, which was the first week of isolation watches, we watched the film at the same time. Uh, we we went on video chat and we we watched the whole thing together, discussing as we went. This time we watched it separately. I watched it uh, in the morning. To, to give you an idea of what time we're recording this, it's uh, 10.07pm, so pretty late, and I watched the movie at like 11 o'clock this morning, uh, and I think Oliver put it off till quite a bit later on, so we don't actually know what we thought of the film each week. Oliver, how was your watch? Three words to describe my week. Tangy, serrated, <laughs> I want to say hurdles? Some sort of okay. some sort of so, a, some, something something athletic, but sort right. of niche. So not not your Tang- high jump. Yeah. Okay. T- tangy and athletic leads me to believe that you've just been sort of sorry, <laughs> sorry. Tangy and serrated <laughs> yeah. leads me to believe you've been cutting fruit with a serrated knife. Um, the hurdles part is interesting. Are you cutting while on the run? Because uh, that's dangerous. <laughs> or uh, perhaps. Perhaps cutting is the hurdle, mate. You've got to you struggle. You struggle to find motor skills. What you've got to Am do? I thinking too literally? If you don't mind me me saying, you've got a tiny little Go mind that you need to expand into the world of <laughs> the metaphor, the simile, and 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 really just know that what I say isn't always what is there. I might say serrated mm. to describe a feeling, a memory, uh, a knife. Yeah, well, see, I said knife. I really love bread knives, using them for stuff that isn't bread. It feels really naughty. I cut a lemon today. I feel with like a... I use them primarily not for bread, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, because I guess if you don't bake bread, um, we used to bake bread. It was very it's nice. Versa- it's a versatile knife. Um, yeah, I remember when uh, I used to go to your flat and you'd, you'd have that bread maker going. Is it, it a was vers- on the floor? <laughs> Is it a versatile knife? You wouldn't cut a capsicum with a with a. Um, it's too. It's you could too... in a time of need. Oh, you've got to have a you've got to have a selection of knives, as you well know. Your your daddy knife. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't get me away from knives. It's good. I'd rather be a knife guy than like a, a fire guy. Hey, look, my movie. I guess I guess it depends what you do with it. You know. I, I just want to say, 
all that Jamie does with the knife is benign and beautiful. He does a lot of dancing. He's very expressive. And it just gives a, a, a sharpness to his energy. And because um, he's a very blunt man sometimes. And it's just very nice to sharpen that up. I, my watch was... Um, I did the middle section while washing the dishes, and that really spiced it up. Uh, I guess, I guess, I guess, really painful is the the first, uh, the first stretch of the movie. I was, I was really, I'm, I've been really nauseous. Um, and watching any, this, any reason for that? Do you think? I think, I think I've come to work out since I first got sort of pretty severe nausea oh, I've always been prone to dizziness but three or four years ago that it's um, pretty related to my psychological condition so when I'm when I'm going through right. rough times I'll often get some sort of physical ailment which is a real mm. <laughs> real pain in the neck sometimes literally it really helps that doesn't it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah just oh I'll, I'll add this on here's a nice little uh, little extra <laughs> got enough on your plate <laughs> yeah <laughs> time to We've be put dessert sick. on there too it's the main course and it's dessert all at the same time um so it's all mixing in you've got bloody <laughs> a raspberry coolie with your mashed potato <laughs> sometimes it that's, works actually that's that's that actually sounds fine because mashed potato is quite um you can do stuff to it. You could put a sweet sauce on it. <laughs> what I'm, stuff are you doing to it? I'm imagining like the chocolate sundae from McDonald's, that sauce on a mashed potato. I'm thinking like, this is not a hundred miles away from the, but are the you right thinking, vibe. But maybe, are you just thinking visually? Like I think mashed potato visually because like and the taste of mashed potato, pretty far from the taste of a McDonald's ice cream. True, but that whole sweet and salty thing is a people that, it is something that people, yeah, people are really... That. People dip their chips into an ice cream oh, sundae. Oh yes, please give me more salt on my caramel. That's what, that's what they say. Oh, it's real popular these days. What's that about? We're coming after you, big salted caramel. <laughs> What's that shit? Um... <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was rough, is what I'm saying. I guess um, last time yeah. we watched it and we were on video chat the whole time with each other in a little window, mm. but it was it was you know there was togetherness, and this time it was, was really uh, we, we decided no no to make up for that let's cut ourselves off entirely. I didn't even know you'd yeah. watched it. I wanted to yeah you messaged me and you said let me know when you start, and I would think I was <laughs> I think I was about forty five minutes from the end, and I, I I was oh I wanted to sort of feel your your pain uh, while I was mm. playing on the PlayStation. You, you knowing that you are subjecting yourself to this movie yeah, that, see, that a lot of people like. This is the thing. The, yeah, you are, okay. Yeah, well, we, we can get to that, I guess. The thing is, I not this week. You, oh, well, okay. I, sure. I, I, well, sorry, just behind the scenes, Edmund. What we're talking about is, I wrote on my phone a note that says, "Say nice things about the Twilight Saga," <laughs> and um, this is not the week for that. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, Next week, or perhaps some other week, we might say yeah. uh, something stay, nice. Stay tuned for that. Today, all vitriol. Uh, no, what I was going to say is I didn't want to tell you, well, like, uh, you know, obviously, it's, it's, it's nice to discuss things, but I thought well, we can save it for the podcast. And so I thought, well, if I'm watching it, I actually, I think I probably was going to tell you when I started and finished, but then I just slipped in my mind. But I was consciously not trying to message you too much about it because I was like, well, we're going to discuss this stuff anyway. I'm really also, keen on that. I, I'm surprised. You know, I don't know what you thought of it. Did, you, and did it, you love it? Uh, nope. Uh, <laughs> but also, you know, when when you're not in the zone of it, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be filling up your, your inbox with 
Twilight thoughts. It's really that's for that's when we were in the Twilight Zone, and that wasn't then. You were having a lovely oh, time on the, the PlayStation. We could do something with that. So the the Twilight Zone. That's nice. Oh, actually, yeah, I didn't think of that. Uh, really that good. No, I, I, I thought that was an incredibly deaf bit of no, wordplay because no, no. <laughs> I would have expected a bit of a flourish for that, like the Twilight Zone, no. and then you yeah, look yeah, at me. Yeah, no, no, it caught, caught me unawares. Uh, but so then, it, the reverse of that, when you were watching it, you didn't tell me. Uh, there were a couple of bits towards the uh, end of I your did watch some where voice it was recording. That you, yeah, I went a bit loopy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for the majority of your watch, I was watching um, the Adventures of Tintin and having a lovely time. So oh. I, th- I think it was good. I think it was a good setup that we had this week where we weren't, you know, possibly not the best for watching the movie. Like it was, it was, it was a harder watch, but uh, probably better for. Uh, I guess better that if we're watching this separately, we don't inflict on the other uh do you want me to describe my watch i think captain or haddock do you, do you want to get more into yours i think captain haddock's funny yeah he is he's good <laughs> he likes to drink <laughs> we once entirely did a school play where we completely ripped off the characters of thompson and thompson from tintin yeah this was something that oliver uh oliver myself our friend alistair uh who was in season one of this podcast in our final year of high school we devised a play for uh young children it was mandatory we we weren't we didn't just decide to do this uh and the entire thing was sort of set in ancient egypt but then for these two characters we, we, we decided thought we, we, need, like, we well, need a thompson and thompson type of double yeah, actor like, they'll, they'll be kind of along the lines of that and then it got down to the point where we, we literally just wrote them as thompson and thompson from the hit tintin uh comic series and then in the end on stage we were dressed <laughs> in suits with bowler hats and canes while everyone else was dressed up uh, in, you know, BC Egyptian garb. If anyone's interested in seeing the hit stage play Egypt script from 2014, um, I guess my advice would be go fuck yourselves. <laughs> it's not available digitally, I'm, I'm sorry. No, um, no it, was a, it was a one one night only performance. Well, one day, it was sort of late morning. <laughs> uh, we're not going to bring the kids in at night we just intruded on this school um <laughs> it's a matter bed it's a matinee um yeah there you go uh, oh, just one they, more thing on that they, Al- they paid lower rates just one more thing on that for people who are fans of alistair from the first series he he thought we were such a hit with the kids that after the play he, he was throwing pages <laughs> of the script to them in the hope that they'd sort of be clamoring and, and reverie for touching this well, majesty <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to be we're, kind of fair, the, the kids were swamping. We were getting on a, we were getting in a van to go. Oh, it was like back to our high school, and there were, a, <laughs> there were a bunch of kids crowding the van. And I think Alistair was just trying to give them a fucking morsel, <laughs> but, but there was a real air of stardom, as if they were really covered in treasure. These pages of a script. I've never felt more important. That we wrote on a fucking Google Doc at the age of eighteen. <laughs> Um, what I was six, I was, I was seventy. What was what was your? What did you like? What did you dislike? What's your overall vibe? I still don't know. Yeah, yeah okay. I'll, I'll fill you in. So I watched it with. So last week, my girlfriend Lizzie, who I live with, she was sitting next to me on the couch, but I was, I was locked in with you. I was. I had my headphones in. We were both watching and both talking to each other. So she would look over occasionally and see what was happening on the screen but she wasn't really watching it this week because we were watching it separately i decided to sit down and watch it with her so that was kind of a new experience for me having someone there and she had seen it once before i believe um 
but I, to be honest, I still I think I found this the hardest one so far. It's getting more and more challenging to to face the fact that you're giving up your own personal time, and, you know, and no one's making like you know. Let's just stress: no one's specifically asking us to do this. This is this is of our own volition, and that's something we have to to live with every day. God damn, I wake up every day, and, and I live with that reality. But uh, it, it was becoming very apparent to me that this was now a portion of my time being used. Uh, and then when the film wrapped up and I thought, gosh, we've got another 47 of those to go, it hit me like a, like a ton of bricks and it did not feel good. Um, it went by relatively quickly, I think. I remember getting up at one stage to make some lunch and saw that we were well over halfway and it felt like we should have been earlier than that. But I think every time where it gets to me is you get to that final battle and it should be the end but it just it just keeps going for for so much longer and it just loses me every time and i, and I just get i just my, my mind wanders and i start thinking what the hell are we doing um but all in all not a bad watch oliver you right there i'm in a tent in an effort to make uh isolation feel a bit more like a a fun holiday i've put up a massive eight person tent in my in my backyard which is very small mm-hmm. it's it this covers half of the 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 the, the land and it, i'm the only person in here and I, i'll tell you what it is big it, yeah. you know the, the one thing I, I i love camping but the one thing i hate is that generally it means you cannot put your your trousers on standing up mm. you've got to lie yep. down like some bloody worm and, and and crawl your way into that and it is just <laughs> so this is a mark of civilization to stand in the center of this big tent that's made for a mm. community a family perhaps a uh, community of one here on my lonesome uh, with mm. my Legos and and just roar at the world and go, I'm still alive. <laughs> we uh, we recorded an episode in that tent in season one. I know, and it's a great season one episode ten, I believe, called Tent Boys. It's a great vibe. It just feels like um, coming here. You shut off your internet for a little bit. It's just like yes, the world can slow down. It's like this is a make no mistake. I'm not a bloody fan of this situation, but it's like we can recalibrate and rebuild the world we want to see. And the world I want to see is everyone living in my tent. And I want to nice. give everyone a little kiss when this is over. When, um, when we are out of lockdown and we can see each other physically again, mm. uh, keep keep that tent up and, and, I'd love, and we should record an episode. Yeah, that'd be good. I think it would be a good vibe. We could stretch out as well. When we were doing it last time, there were like a number of people in the tent and we got up, we got up, why did, we got up at like 6am to watch Bad Mums 2. <laughs> there was no I need to do that. There was no yeah, time. I was, say, was, there, was there some sort of imperative no. as to why we had to do it? That so was, that was a, a microcosm of this whole project which is to make ourselves suffer unnecessarily. That was just like, right. we could record at any time. Let's make it punishing and let's be up okay, with so the birds. So we decided we decided to do that. I, I couldn't remember if it was like, or we just woke up at that stage and thought, let's do it now. No, I could have done with some more sleep then. Yeah, I was bloody tired. Just like I can now. It's, gonna, it's all over the bloody place. I'll tell you what. Uh, it's almost like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very anxious with the state of the world or, or something. Hey, <laughs> um, this time I was really annoyed by, um, they go to Alaska to visit these vampire friends of theirs. Yeah, and they go, go to Denali. Um yeah, and they and they uh, they touch the chi- this new child they've got. The whole debate in the film is about whether this child is is immortal or not, and, and whether that's yeah, a bad thing. Is, mate. And they immediately go these Alaskan ones. They go, oh, she is not 
she's not immortal because they touch her and it's like mm. okay they were concerned and then they touched her and they're not so it's like they can feel her warmth so why the hell don't the Volturi when they're having this massive battle at the end just do that no, they they do they do. I mean, like it gets they they the Volturi the entire time are kind of flying blind. They're just they're, they're assuming based on the information they've been given that the Cullens have turned uh, a human. Ch- so this, this, the crux of the movie is that you know yeah, but they ages they, ago they people were turning know kids that into she's she's mortal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, so I was just going to br- briefly explain. It's illegal to turn a child into a vampire because they've got no control. They'll you know. They'll let the secret out about vampires. They'll cause carnage because they can't control their emotions or their physical actions uh, as well as an adult. So it's illegal. So the uh, some other vampire sees Bella with her child, who is half vampire, half human, uh, and thinks, fuck, they've turned a child into a vampire. That's illegal. She tells the Volturi, who are the Italian bad guys, they say... I don't know, they say various things, but they, they meet up, there's, there's going to be a fight. But what, what, what I'm uh, saying this for, Oliver, is to say, they, once they do get there, they do acknowledge that she is, they like, he like touches her and stuff, and he's like, oh, okay. But then the argument then comes, he's like, I don't know, he, he still it's, it's seems very, to think It's all she, very confusing though, isn't it? It's yeah, all but very- I think he's kind of like, we can't take the risk, I guess, on something. He's like, he says... In times like this, only the known is safe, and so I think he. I, I, I think even after realizing that she is somehow half vampire, half human, he still deems her as a threat. Is I'm not saying it's good, Oliver. I'm just explaining what I what I think. Jamie, I, I would never. Uh, uh, even if you said it was good, I would not have a problem with that. All I want okay. is to learn, and mm-hmm. that 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 includes coming up with some opinions you're not so hot on and like Absolutely. I might not agree with you in this moment but I bloody love your gumption <laughs> is goody goody gum drops a flavour that's only a New Zealand thing I could see it potentially being Australia as well but I would be surprised I, I think that's probably it maybe the UK had a push but goody goody gum drops in the United States hell no hey Americans google goody goody gum drops uh be sure to spell that correctly, otherwise you'll stumble across my porn parody, Goody Goody Cum Drops. Uh, but it's really... It's it, if you do stumble across that, not a bad watch. Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the ice cream we're describing, but it's, it's certainly something that's worth your time, I think. It plays upon the erotic possibilities of, of melting ice cream. Mm. Um, and it's, it's sensational, if it I may say. It also has some pretty heavy-hitting stuff about the Nuremberg trials, which I think was kind of out of place, but I could, I could see where you were, were coming from, certainly. I think, I, think, I think you don't want these things to be predictable. You want a, a meaty storyline, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. not just a meaty... Cock. Yeah, fellas. Uh, penis member. <laughs> there, there are many words, but the actually, can I can I jump off from this point about penises? Yeah, mate. And address something we brought up last week. So, as we have discussed, even in this episode, the crux of the story is that uh, Bella and Edward have had a child. Now, this child is conceived in Breaking Dawn Part One, uh, and we've sort of been questioning. Well, if Edward is a, a vampire, you know, in the way that we've been shown and told these these vampires are technically dead they are described as sort of walking talking blocks of marble they've got no no blood in their veins no no liquid flowing through them so i thought well how the hell is vampire edward 
gonna produce the uh, required materials to to make a baby. Eddie got no so cums. He's got he's got no cum. So we we went on the mics hot last week, and we said this is this is impossible. You know how does this work? Well, today I decided to Google it because I thought, well, you know, we're five weeks in now, and I'm still I'm still getting annoyed by this this question every week, and so I googled it. And Stephanie Myers actually got a whole Q and A section on her website, uh, and the answer is found there. And so it turns out that while uh, a vampire is technically dead and doesn't have blood, they have venom, uh, a smaller amount than blood, I think, but but enough to sort of uh, make them be able to move, I think, and and, and be flexible, uh, and enough to sort of essentially take the take the vital role of blood and uh, other necessary liquid so basically edward's got some hot venom comes in his balls um and that's what he puts in bella uh, and that's how they have a child so glad glad we got the answers we were looking for um you're right oliver you look worried i just said smashing glass which sometimes is a, is a cause for concern that um, is the sound of edward coming wow he's he's yeah, he's brittle stuff He's gone and shattered. He's gone and shattered his member. Uh, hey, do you want to? Hey. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, I wanna. You wanna? Yeah, let's do. I it. was gonna say, do you wanna do shining lights? Yeah, mate. Um, my shining light. Yeah. No, my shining light was the arrival of of Jay Jenks. Um, specifically, oh, yeah. specifically this first smile he gives. This is. Because he's a very he's a very grounded character, and um, do you want to explain who Jay Jinks is? Yeah, he's some lawyer. We, uh, we've, we've talked about him before, but you know, for, for and when he came up, I I sang a song about him, and it, it came from my heart, and I don't actually remember how it goes now, but it was like shit. You, you know, whatever, it. whatever forces there are in the universe have gifted me this song about Jay Jenks, um, and maybe this I is could a- potentially I'm pr- possibly setting myself up for failure because. I think in theory I'll try and edit this and get it up tonight, but I could maybe download the audio recordings you sent and, and chuck that on after the credits as a as a little uh, bonus. Yeah, um, and and it was just it was just I think I think that rapturous moment came to me because I was really happy to see this standard guy. By all accounts, I don't actually know if he is. This this is what I, this is what I, this was why he was my I, I was team him a couple of weeks ago was because I liked. Just the normality he brings amongst this. Oh, here we go. I don't know what that melody is. Yeah, so there's that's enough to bring you to tears, really, isn't it? I think I've plagiarised that, Um, but it's a great song, and Jay Jinx really made me, really made me happy about humanity. Did you? Sorry, are we, are we not describing who Jay Jinx is to the audience? Nope. Okay. Fine. He's a lawyer. What? He's barely in it. I don't think he's a lawyer. He's someone that gets fake passports. He's on the opposite side Look, of the law, mate. Man. He's got a tie. He's got a briefcase. He's a lawyer, if ever it's he's all a one. lawyer to be. <laughs> he's, he, he, yeah, he's actually probably on the wrong side of the law, but some lawyers are. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's not. He's not doing anything too nefarious, but he is issuing fake passports. Um. So anyway, Jay Jinx, for anyone listening, who knows? Who bloody so knows? So sh- that was your shining light? Yeah, just as his first appearance. And mm-hmm. this the wonderful song that I created. Um, 
available nowhere. Great. I uh, My Shining Light, I wrote down on my notes app on my phone because uh, I watched the film quite a while ago at this point and wanted to remember. So what I wrote down was Shining Light, Aro's Italian flair, the way he says Bella and Magnifico. So the Volturi uh, are from Italy. We see that in the second film, New Moon. And then we also hear it from a couple of really stereotypical vampires called Vlad and something else. And they say, they say something to like, oh, we hate those Italians. <laughs> Which um, my girlfriend Lizzie pointed out as being somewhat questionable. Uh, and <laughs> You're just going to leave that there. So, so, sorry, where, where am I going? <laughs> Michael Sheen plays the leader of the uh, Volturi Aro. And just twice in the movie, he says things. Just he's thinking, I, I do have to circle back and communicate to the audience that we are from Italy. And so when he meets Bella, he touches her hand and he goes, Bella. <laughs> and then later, when Renesme comes up to him and he touches her, he goes, Magnifico. <laughs> um, so yes, that was that was my shining light. Really, just those little, just those little touches from Michael Sheen. Once again, he was he was my shining light last week, and he and he's bloody done it again. I think that's a reference to Fred Mercury saying Magnifico in Bohemian Rhapsody. Hey, I think it definitely is. Before we I get think, I think when Rami Malek did that in Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> it was a direct callback. There's, there's, there's some more segments, but I just want to say, just first off, because I need to get it out this week, it really hit me. Yeah. This movie is bereft of like extras um it's a very mm. it's a very stripped down world and that was it there's was heaps so of, there's heaps of empire i know but it was incredibly claustrophobic to me this week because it was like i'm jonesing for like a bad mum's two trip to a shopping mall or Ocole that would Spa, be good actually or just um like where normal people dwell because like what I about g- when bella meets jay jinx at that hotel restaurant that's that's almost why that was my um yeah, my, I think my, that, is, that, is that the only scene where there's like regular people around? Basically, because otherwise it's vampires and werewolves and you know factions, and it's really, really cut off. Hmm. Like there's oh there's briefly actually um, Bella's dad's like new family or whatever the people at his yeah, house. Yeah, no, for no, Christmas. no, they're connected. The 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 boy is a werewolf. Oh fuck! <laughs> so it's like yeah, like no, it's everywhere. I just want to see like a street with people on it and just like some life. It's just like all these this, yeah. Sorry, sorry. sorry no, go, go, go for it. I was having this discussion with Lizzie today when we, we watched the credits every week because the credits is like a, um, is a is a really long part where they sort of show off every cast member who's been in any of the movies. And there's a scene where you see Bella's high school friends. And she was mm. saying, Lizzie was saying, oh, it's you, you kind of miss them. And I was saying, yeah, early on, the films are slightly more tolerable because there's sort of this it's, mix it's of the real world drama. and the vampire world. Yeah, and, and there's it's this like, vampire there. There's, it's this clash of you know the norm versus this mysterious other but now in this movie it's just all vampire world and it's so it's, it fucking is totally boring. insular and they're trying to do this 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 thread this plot of like her last connections to her family and her dad and it's so botched and it's like they've gone too far and it we feels sad she's like basically cutting her father out of her life and you're thinking fuck he's the only one him and Michael Sheen are kind of the only two people giving any fucking energy to this movie. Get, get him on every, get him in every scene. It is, it is miserable. This, this watch, I was so acutely aware of how horrible being a vampire would be. And I, am, I wonder if she, I wonder if she's now, she's in this life now, and she's with all these fucking 
boring pricks if she's like, oh my God, I wish I didn't do this. The bit that really hit me was when they're like, oh, we don't, we don't sleep. And it's like, shit, you've got to fill that extra time There's with so like more much time. admin. There's and it's like, so much time to fill. And you're just with like, the, you know, the Cullens are just like these, what, like five or six other people. You're going to spend your eternity with these people every waking I'm fucking sure, moment. I'm sure, you know, Edward and Bella have a great relationship, but like, Usually you've got some time off from each other. You've got sleep. You've got, you know, so you've maybe sleep got- at least as a, as a must. <sighs> Jesus. And it's just like four hours a day. You know, I'm terrified of my own mortality, but I, I would opt for death over vampirism. And that is, maybe that's you good. You can't eat. Where, where does the joy come from in life? You can't eat. Exactly. You can't sleep. So maybe in a, in a sort even, of backwards sorry. way, the movie is life affirming because it's like, you know, it's telling me this 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 little meerkat afraid of death. That's going, mm. hey, could be worse. You could be a vampire. I find myself when they when they go to that scene where they go to the house with Charlie, and it's um, Christmas or something. I find myself longing for so much more of that. I'm like, oh god, this feels like everything feels so normal here, and I just want more of this. It makes me long for the days of bad moms too. Mums too. They were just normal fucking. They people. had Christmas every week. For a year. Yeah, when this movie ends and they're all celebrating and kissing each other, I'm like, but what now? You just go back to your you don't boring have, Fundamentally, lives? you don't have fun. Oh, sometimes Carla will go on the computer. Mate, <laughs> Carla woke up in a park. Yeah, that's true. They were bloody, you know, Mila Kunis and her children were throwing flower at each other. Like, we were pretty mean to some of those characters, but, like, they've got, they've got energy. This is humanity, all right? This, yeah, this is not. something I said today as well. This film has no energy. It just goes and goes and goes, and it's just like a whimper the whole time. I, 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 I'm like so craving the energy of Bad Mums 2 because it was just so like in your face, which became really irritating, and, and you sort of became desensitized to it because it was so brash. But it, it, it was something. And it was, I guess it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. So, I loved it. I think Bad Mums Two was a tour de force. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's interesting. I, I think when you and when we were in the thick of it with Bad Mums Two, right, we're like, "Fuck, this is horrible." But then the grass is always greener on the other side. Like right now, I'm like, "Fuck, I'd love to watch Bad Mums Two. It'd be nice when this is all over to compare the two. But I, I have a feeling Bad Mums Two will come out on top. I think um, this one will be way harder. It, it's not the thing is, it's, it's realistically, it's probably only like ten minutes longer, but it feels like it's like an hour longer. It's just a harder thing to watch. But, you know, you got to step it up for season two. I'm going to promise right now that Alistair will be on the podcast next week. All right, so my... Um, Fuck, all right. Oh, we've got to do the attic thing, don't we? Shit. Yeah, it's your turn this week as well. Okay. You sing... You, you crack sing into a, the theme song? You sing a thing. Am I, am I doing it by myself? No, I'll do it as well. We don't actually okay. have a thing. Oh, do we, we, we not acknowledge that? Do we not acknowledge that? Maybe that's a feature. Oh, okay, sure. Or maybe we'll work well, I mean, it out. Maybe, you know. It's attic. It's attic time. Getting in the attic. What's he doing? Going in the attic. Alistair is a character in the film. He was also one of our co hosts last season. But in this one, he's a vampire. He shows up and he's kind of indifferent to the whole thing, but he goes in the attic and he's up there for a very long time. And what's. What's he doing? Um, That's our segment. Uh, Alistair, as I actually just described in the intro. Well, what are you doing? Can you hear that? Yeah. Is that a theremin? Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that'll actually be picked up on your mic. Because <laughs> <laughs> if not, we're just talking about nothing. But that's setting up the fact that... 
Oh, I was just going to quickly do the, do the intro admin. I mean, I pretty much just oh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. But there's a there's a vampire in the film called Alistair. When they're gathering their vampire forces, he turns up. He says, "I don't really want to be here." And he says, "I'll be in the attic." He leaps up. We barely see him for the rest of the film. I noticed today in one one other scene. Everyone talks, and at the end of it, he just sort of leaves, presumably to go back to the attic. Uh, and he's never seen again. He's never in the final battle scene. And so we we ponder, what is Alistair doing in the attic? Oliver, it's your turn this week. All right. Alistair has heard about Area... F- oh, shit. All right. Oh, I almost thought my recording stopped. It, it, it paused for a horrifying moment. The aliens oh, no. know what I'm doing. They're trying to sense it. They you. won't stop my recording. All right. He's heard about Area 51. What's he heard? What's he heard? He heard either it's like in the Nevada desert and it's guarded by the government or yep. it's an attic in the Cullen's house. Mm. <laughs> so he's taken the, mm. the chance on option two, I see. So yeah, eventually he'll check out option one. But he thought, mm. pretty bloody mainstream. And look, <laughs> I can't risk going into the bloody desert. It's too hot, hot, hot. And I'm a vampire. People will see me in my diamond skin. And and they'll go, ooh, he's, gl- he's glowing a bit too much. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've, I've locked my phone, which was playing the theremin app. And That's all right, don't no, worry about but it. There have been two notes coming from it and that's never happened before the theremin plays on and I am genuinely you know out in this tent <laughs> lit only by the the laptop screen talking about the shit movie and, and <laughs> anyway Christ um, I'm really scared I'm quite cold uh, <laughs> have you got enough warm gear in there I'm worried about you yeah I've been wearing a lot of odd socks recently and and so he's gone in and he's gone oh I'm gonna get the greys because the greys are those classic aliens that are very little. And he finds yeah. one in there, and he ties it up, and he calls it his 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 child. He's a fucked up guy. Um, <laughs> the aliens that- Everybody meet my son! <laughs> yeah, because he goes... Meanwhile, they're, they're already in bloody, you know, hot water about having children. No, he's saying, if this comes to a fight, I, I will not partake, because I need to feed my child milk. Um... <laughs> He's got a special formula made up, and that's why we actually see him at one point later on in the movie. He goes back up the stairs, and he's he's going back because his child will die without him. It's like a Tamagotchi from space. Oh, my God. And the aliens actually is very intelligent, and it's talking to him rationally. Mm-hmm. It's going, come on, mate. I'm a friendly alien. I've never probed anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm not a child. Mm-hmm. Let me free. It's fair enough. Uh, and he kills it. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, Alistair. Yeah, he... There was no need for that. He stabs it with a bread knife and goes, My child fell down! Um, <laughs> he's, 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 I cannot stress, this guy is fucked. <laughs> he seems pretty unhinged. So that's basically, yeah, and that's why we don't see him much in the in the final battle, because he is going through some stuff. Yeah. Fuck, it's probably pretty, probably pretty good that he's not there. There's no telling what he'd do. <laughs> so that's, that, that's what he was doing this week, and, and God, I wish I never knew about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty unsavoury stuff, actually. It's uh, something to think about. Hey, savoury stuff. Sausage rolls. (laughs) (laughs) My favourite character, my team, 
We've got to pick a team yes, every team, week. Team, the, the team team. Let me preface this. I, team. Once again, I got a team. <laughs> I got to jump in with with my. Admin. You go. I'll, I'll under. Every week we choose uh, our most valuable player, our player of the day, uh, uh, and we we say we're on their team in uh, in vain of the. Team Edward, Team Jacob debates that happened at the time of the Twilight Sagas. Uh, height of popularity. Oliver, whose team were you on this week? Carlisle. Oh, uh, Dr. Carlisle, eh? I like that. Um, when I read the first books, I imagined him as being mm-hmm. old. Um, well, not old, but like certainly very mature. And well, I mean, he's, he's, he's old in years, isn't he? But, but uh, visually, they stay the same age. Don't you ever... Inter- no, it's fine. Um, yeah, he he's visually younger than I would expect, but this week he brought mm. this real gravitas, much like Michael mm-hmm. Sheen, not in an Italian mm. way, but like this aged him. And there was a really nice bit that I'm loving more and more every week where Edward goes, Carlisle, did I ever thank you for my immortality? And Carlisle he goes, says, I never thank you. And Carlisle goes, no, no, but uh, I'm glad you did. And it's a very nice exchange. And I just, mm. I think he's very, he is the human touch for me this week. And I, I hope that yeah. continues. Because he's a, he's, a, he's a cool, I don't know, he's cool. And he goes. Yeah, he's fine. He's, a, he's all right. Every week he, like, goes, he, he's, he goes. Oh, sorry. She, she is not immortal. <laughs> and he's like, does. <laughs> not immortal. <laughs> like this odd English accent briefly. And it's like, okay. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's <laughs> just getting intense because he's uh, speaking fancy. <laughs> Uh, I'm Team Aro this week. Uh, who is Michael Sheen? He's, he's my second place. If that's if that, could, yeah, he's the runner-up. Uh, and I wrote down on my notes uh, because of his energy in a film that is so sapped of it. Uh, and as we've discussed, basically the film is just on such a low hum for nearly two hours. And Michael Sheen, whether or not you think it's a good performance, he still struggles. I'd say, I'd say he it's struggles. melodramatic amongst something that is so kind of fucking bone dry but at least it's it's like some variation and and you know you're watching him and you think you know michael sheen's done some pretty reputable things and it, you you have to imagine he's just having a bit of fun with it and it's like fuck give me more of that you know he, he's on there everyone else is just sort of talking like <laughs> and then michael sheen's and then he's like oh <laughs> I'm a vampire, <laughs> and it's like yes, but listen, you fucking mainline that shit into my veins, please, Michael Sheen. Give me, give me more. I'm, I'm so, with uh, you. Yeah, I'm taking. Right, I feel like, I feel like the message we can take at the end of this podcast is that, mm-hmm. despite our physical absence, I think this has shown that we are on a pretty similar level, and I think if we can achieve mm-hmm. that synergy, then I think yep. some of the listeners out there can maybe mm-hmm. vibe with us and maybe they're on our vibe length and if you everybody are, get on the vibe train if you're on our vibe train oh sort of i was going like vibe wavelength but you're on a train as well yeah, okay. i was gonna be like yeah. tune in but also mm, jump on the good. train i guess so you can do both you can, you can okay tune so in. tune in to the vibe train yeah, jump tune, on yeah, tune into the vibe jump train. on to the but you can also get on it it just however you want to access that train or wave do it. Be careful. Like, it's traveling at speed. You can probably hop on it, but like... Yeah, I mean, if you're running sort of next to it, you can jump on. You'll probably be fine. But it's not safe. Um, no, the, the vibes, some of them, real bad. There are snakes on the train. Mm. Mm. 
And you've got to be careful for those. We're, we, you know, we're, we're never getting there every <laughs> there week. There are ravenous dogs, and it's like, we don't want them there, but we bought this train years ago. And sometimes, yes, they will maul us. And we're still renovating. But we have to rise to the occasion. And sometimes you've got to accept those dogs and... and, and 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 you know, look, look. If we can, if we can, if we can take those dogs and we can nurture them and we can show them love, then hey, those dogs might become our, our loyal friends and allies. See you next week when Alistair will be there. He might. I mean, maybe he will. He seems pretty unwilling at the moment. He'll be there. Okay. Stay safe. Mm-hmm.